Hello and welcome to DigFin Vox, Voices in Digital Finance. I'm your host, James DiBiazio. If you enjoy the program, give us a like, share, subscribe. My guest today is Tim Ying, CEO of Octopus in Hong Kong, the operator of stored value facilities that are ubiquitous in our transport systems and elsewhere. Tim has been CEO of Octopus just for about six months. We talked about his vision for taking this company into new frontiers, going from closed loop to open payments, working with partners to go cross-border, and most exciting for us in Hong Kong, going into taxis. Tim Ying, welcome to Digfin Vox. Hi, James. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Uh, you know, Octopus is probably the OG of fintech in Hong Kong. You guys just recently celebrated your 25th anniversary. And I think it's a little bit hard for people who are maybe new to Hong Kong or don't know that much about Octopus to appreciate what you, maybe before your time, but what the organization achieved back then and through those 25 years. So I want to start with a little history before we get into the future. So what was the core thing that enabled Octopus in partnership with the Hong Kong uh, Transport Authority to uh, become such a, a game changer in, in when it comes to payments, mobile payments, transport payments? Yep, James, no, I'm ha happy to go uh, down a uh, trip of uh, memory lane. Um, I, I think, I think you know, I'm not sure if you're a Marvel fan. Um, you know, every Marvel superhero kind of has their origin story. Um, you know, Octopus is no different. Um, you know, 25 plus years ago, it's actually quite a, I, I, I read the, uh, I actually recently read a, a book by Rob Noble, who was a, the first CEO of Octopus, right? And he talked a little bit about it. And it's actually a, a really, really interesting story. Um, and it's essentially, you know, one day the five major transport operators in Hong Kong gathered around the table um, and uh, said that, hey, you know, we're going to invest uh, millions of dollars um, into this new technology. And mind you, this was 25 plus years ago uh, where contactless payments uh, didn't exist. So people didn't actually know what contactless payment was, right? And the, the five major transport operators gathered around the table and said, we're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to invest in this new technology, contactless payments, mm -hmm. uh, because we believe that it'll deliver a better customer experience, right? So, so I think that it really is the origin um, of, of, of Octopus. And it, it's actually, you know, if you fast forward uh, to today's world, um, it, it's actually really, really brave, um, really, really dynamic. I think um, to get five major, the five key uh, transport operators gather around table, invest millions of dollars, unproven technology, simply because they believed it'll create a better user experience is amazing, right? Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's really uh, where our origin came from. Um, you know, it's part of our DNA. Um, and, uh, you know, to this day, um, people, you know, 90, more than 99% of people in Hong Kong use Octopus um, because we provide a better user experience. Yeah. And then after that came Oyster in London and, uh, and these others. And, you know, as somebody based in Hong Kong for many years, 
it was amazing to see other places first copy that technology, but also equally amazing to go back to places like New York City, where I, I which is where I was before Hong Kong, and and kind of struggle with the fact that they had not copied this technology. Um, so that's amazing. But okay, no resting on one's laurels. Let's go back one other piece of history though, uh, more recent, which uh, is COVID. So. You know, I've been in Hong Kong since 1997, so I have been using, I've had an octopus card since they put out the first uh, debit uh, storage, what do you call it, stored value card, stored value facility um, around that time. And um, so I always used it, but I only used it for the the trains and maybe the buses if I, if I took them. Um, but then come COVID, uh, I, I noticed that it was already available at some of the merchants that you would find in the train stations underground. So 7-Eleven might have, you could maybe buy something there with the Octopus card. But even in that, it was it's pretty rare. I think people were still using cash for most things. Um, and then with COVID, the government was pushing these voucher schemes uh, uh, to compensate for the economic uh, problems that everybody was facing with the sh with lockdowns and such. Um, and obviously, Octopus, along with others, uh, Alipay, WeChat Pay, et cetera, were, uh, were authorized to basically receive these payments. And I noticed that, I don't know if it was, it was that or something else, but in my own personal life, I found I was using Octopus not just in the train stations, but today I use it virtually everywhere in Hong Kong uh, that accepts, you know, most shops now accept it. Um, so what was the, how much of this was, an ex was, was COVID just a, an accelerator of things that have been building or was there real policy changes both in the company uh, or with the merchant base or with the government you know what happened there to kind of make that switch I I, I think it's a, a a bit of mix of all of the above um you know I think um for industry change movement to be able to happen a lot of times you have to have the stars aligned um, and I think in this case, um, you know, if you look at, I know you mentioned uh, um, Oyster in London, right? You mentioned a couple of other markets, Singapore, um, um, New York, et cetera, et cetera. If you, if you look at the markets where uh, contactless transport cards um, have really um, gained uh, usage, uh, engagement, stickiness, um, it has been the markets where it hasn't been limited to just transport. Okay. Um, where it's uh, a blend of both retail and transport. Um, and I think for, for Octopus, um, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we've been part of uh, Hong Kong people's daily lives uh, since 1997. Um, you know, it's really, you know, part of the collective uh, uh, culture. Um, and I think when COVID struck, um, you know, the government really wanted to be able to push uh, the e-payment uh, industry forward, mm -hmm. e-payment adoption uh, within Hong Kong. Um, and, and hence, um, they started to be able to distribute these consumption vouchers uh, via the major e-payment wallets uh, within Hong Kong. And I think that, you know, for a lot of folks who, you know, perhaps in the past um, weren't uh, as uh, familiar with e-payments or, 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 um, or mobile wallets, right? That was, you know, one of the the bigger catalysts that that really got people over the line as well. On the both on the retail side, um, merchant side, and also on the consumer side. Yeah, but I think it's also important to note what Octopus is not. So if you're going to use Octopus, whether it's through the card like I have, or some people also use it on their phone, uh, or you can also use it online, um, 
you're either paying direct, so the 7-Eleven or whomever has an octopus reader, um, or perhaps via a, a more generic terminal payment machine that accepts different types of payments, um, as opposed to being a QR code reader. Uh, so just talk us a little bit through about the, the design decisions behind this. Um, what are the advantages and what are the disadvantages to the way that you're set up? Sure. I, I I think I think when you when you look at kind of the the various different uh, um, uh, payment solutions that are out there today, right? I, I think you could broadly categorize that uh, into contactless um, as well as QR, right? Mm -hmm. And I think um, both have its advantages as a, and, and disadvantages. I think if you look at um, you know more uh, uh, markets where um, have more uh, mature payment infrastructure. A contactless is quite dominant, right? So whether it be credit a card or stored value facilities um, such as Octopus, um, you know, or uh, in other markets, uh, other transport uh, uh, payment facilities as well. Um, whereas, you know, in in a lot of uh, larger scale um, uh, markets where historically payment infrastructure hasn't been as mature, a QR code has really taken hold and taken stream, right? So I don't think necessarily one is um, better or worse. Um, they're different. I think they serve different purposes um, to different audiences as well. I think when you're talking about transport specifically, um, you know, one of the reasons why it's really taken root uh, within Hong Kong um, is because of the speed and convenience um, of Octopus, right? So, um, you know, imagine if you're in Central um, on the MTR station, the subway station, you know, you don't want to be that guy uh, standing in front of the turnstile, right? Uh, trying to be able to fumble, fumble your phone to be able to take out a QR code with 20 guys waiting in front of you, right? You want the speed and convenience to be able to tap and just go. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, and and I, we've all had that that painful experience somewhere in our lives of being that person uh, in in the queue who's holding it all up. Um, so, okay, we've talked about the, the past. Uh, let's talk about looking forward because obviously that's what really people are interested in. Um, you mentioned that, you know, that success uh, has to go beyond just being within the transport system, that you can do other things. So what else are you looking at? And is that just about finding other touch points or is there more than just payments uh, or more than just stored by a facility kind of services that you've got on the drawing board? Um, you know, I, I've joined Octopus um, a bit over uh, six months ago, and and so I'm I'm six months old um, okay. uh, into the role, right? And but I I think one of the 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 really really uh, cool and interesting things that um, I, I noticed when I when I came into Octopus is that, um, and a lot of this the outside world um, may not know is that we really do a lot of really really cool stuff um, uh, inside. Um, in terms of our staff, uh, we're 50% tech, right? So more than 50% of our staff are, are, are engineers, are developers. Um, you know, we actually have a, a lot of innovation that, um, happens behind the scenes and we're one of the few, um, companies, uh, in Hong Kong that's able to do both hardware and software. Right. So, um, and I think so in my mind, um, you know, if we're 50% tech, right. Um, and we're doing a lot of really, really cool innovations. In my mind, we're a tech company, right. 
And I think when we look at tech companies, really what we're tech companies are all about is how do you use technology to be able to solve customer pain points? Um, I don't view, it may be a bit controversial, but I don't necessarily view Octopus as a payment company per mm -hmm. se. Um, because if you look at, for example, um, the ways of how you uh, put money into Octopus, right? There's a couple of different ways. You could do cash, you could do credit card, um, or you could do bank transfer via FPS. Now, all of the above, you can already do payments with those funding sources, right? Whether it's cash, credit, or bank transfer. Right, and I use all the all three. Sure. Exactly. So, so why would customers take that extra step to be able to um, uh, put money into Octopus via those three means? Those those three means. It's because Octopus provides a better customer experience. So, so that's really what the business that we're in, right? I don't, I don't think that we're actually in the payment business because Hong Kong is a very mature payment market multiple various different payment means available. Um, if customers choose us, it's because we provide a better customer experience. If customers don't choose us, right, and there's various different categories where customers haven't chosen us, it's because we haven't provided a better customer experience. Right? So I think that's really the main focus, you know, for Octopus heading into the future is, um, you know, how do we be uh, cus really customer-centric, customer-obsessed, uh, um, in those categories where you know, we feel that we have a right to win. Where do you see the pain points that you want to address in 2024 and, and, and forward? I, I think one of the one of the, the key focus areas for us is that, um, you know, for uh, folks not not in Hong Kong, you know, may not be able to appreciate, um, you know, how deeply rooted octopus is in, in everyday life within Hong Kong, right? So over 99% of people in Hong Kong have at least one, um, or you know, often two or three different octopus cards. Right? Mm. Um, it's part of daily life. Uh, you know, a lot of folks, uh, in terms of their building, um, is have to you be able to use octopus for access management um, for yes. estate. So yeah. if, if you don't have octopus, you literally cannot enter your building. Um, you literally cannot go up the elevator. Right. So it, it's deeply ingrained in, in people's lives. Now. You know, we with 99% penetration, over 20 million active cards in a city of 7.5 million. Um, you know, one of the big focus areas for us is is we want to go where our customers go, right? And as our customers become more mobile, become more digital savvy, uh, we also want to be able to uh, embrace that a uh, mobile first um, direction. So one of the big focus areas is is how do we move folks from plastic to phone? Um, and to be able to utilize the the mobile uh, channel to be able to really provide um, a better customer experience, real-time engagement, um, and also to be able to uh, allow for folks to be able to uh, better manage their day-to-day -day finances and day-to-day -day payment budgeting as well. Um, so that's that's really uh, priority number one for us is, so, is moving across. Yeah, phone. so are you talking about a like a, a personal wealth management kind of service that you're you're thinking about? Uh, not not I, I think that that's one particular that's one potential option right I think you know once we once people are you're able to move people from plastic to phone um it opens up a whole lot of other doors uh, a whole bunch of other opportunities right um so whether it's uh, online e-commerce right um or whether it's cross-border payment um whether it is um uh, you know personal financing budgeting right it opens up a whole a whole bunch of other doors for us 
Um, and so that's really one of the big focus areas. Um, you know, we already have really, really good, good, good traction. Um, I think, uh, you know, one out of every th three people in Hong Kong today have Octopus on their mobile phone, whether it's the through the app or through um, Apple, uh, one of Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, or, or Huawei Pay. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's not good enough, right? Um, you know, today we're in every pocket. We don't just want to be in every pocket. We want to be on every phone. Okay. And when you think about some of those services looking ahead, you, you can't just do those things by yourself. Obviously, if it's it's the card, you still need the, the merchant to accept uh, Octopus and have a, have a terminal or have some means of accepting. But if you go on the phone and you want to go into these broader kind of things, whether it's cross-border, e-commerce, uh, some sort of personal financial management systems, um, you need, a, I guess, open banking or other kinds of partnerships. Uh, what does that look to you? Because my understanding of Octopus is that traditionally these are closed loop systems. Uh, you know, I put money into the Octopus, it, it gets used to be paid for certain services. Uh, I can't take really money out. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a debit function um, and I can't use it for for other types of payments. Uh, you, you know, I, I can only use it for with, within that within that one system. So uh, how do you manage the closed loop nature of Octopus with talking about these other opportunities, which which to me uh, seem to imply much more of an open uh, data sharing or or funds transfer kind of, uh, you know, cross platform or cross entity uh, activities. Uh, do, do I have that right? Or am I thinking the right way? Or am I? No, I I, I think absolutely. Um, you know, for 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 Octopus, um, you know, we want to be able to partner, we want to be able to collaborate, um, we want people, we want to be able to embrace um, uh, uh, other industry players as well, right? Um, I think, you know, when you look at some of the the more uh, uh, interesting and innovative products that we've brought to, um, uh, brought to market to date, um, you know, we've uh, just uh, this past week, um, we've opened up our our, our merchant network uh, mm -hmm. for the first time in our 25 plus year history, specifically for taxis. Okay. Right. Um, and it's because, you know, if for, for any foreign, tra foreign travelers, foreign tourists coming to Hong Kong, you know, I think one of the biggest pain points that people um, face um, is the uh, lack of acceptance of e-payments um, within taxis today. Right? Yeah. Um, I call that the last missing link for transport. Right. Um, you know, if you go to MTR, if you go on the subways, if you go on the buses, e-payment is, is, you know, we have a very fairly robust and mature e-payment system on various different options. Um, we've just opened up um, uh, acceptance of credit card um, as well um, on subways. So I think, you know, taxis is really that missing link and last missing link in transport and, you know, where it makes sense for our customers, where it makes sense for the end merchant, where it makes sense for the Hong Kong people, um, tourists, locals and tourists alike. Um, you know, we want to be able to embrace um, um, partners to be able to help make Hong Kong that cashless society um, that we aspire to be. Yeah. If you don't mind, I want to take a little segue and go down that that taxi rabbit hole. Uh, we'll try to keep it kind of short. But um, for people who are outside of Hong Kong, I'm sure uh, the audience of Digifin Vox certainly visits here regularly. Um, and you would know that 
yeah, you you arrive uh, somewhat haggardly, stumbling out of your airplane, uh, and uh, and suddenly you need hunk, you need actual physical cash if you want to get a taxi at the airport, and it's uh, it's uh, a bit of a shock to people who are used to not having to use that. Um, but why is the reason? What what is this has been something that's been discussed um, kind of ad nauseum in this city for quite some time. What do you see has been the major blockage? Uh, the major reason why it hasn't happened to date and why is it now do you think there's uh, going to be change i i don't first of all i don't think it's because of lack of uh trying <laughs> i think um you know within the industry over the past many years um you know there's been a lot of effort um to be able to move uh taxis uh onto e-payment right um i think um there's probably various different reasons behind this, um, you know, in terms of, you know, some people um, look at cash as a, as a means to be able to get extra uh, tips, right? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, if there's change, you know, a lot of people just say, hey, keep the change, right? Um, you know, so there's very, various different reasons behind um, why there's still such a, a big stickiness to cash. You know, for Octopus, you know, our, our, our mission is to be able to eliminate cash, right? Um, is to make Hong Kong a, a cashless society. Um, and, uh, you know, if it takes a, a, if it takes the entire industry to work together to be able to get taxis um, to go cashless, then that's what we'll do. And that's what we've done, right? And that's why we've opened up our network um, but, to other industry what, players. What, what's the change? Because my understanding, um, I'm not a transport expert, but, you know, I was contrasting the Hong Kong MTR and use of octopus within that to New York City, for example, mm. which is still just you know, um, mm. you know, your pay-as-you-go turnstile. Uh, but where these two cities are very alike is in taxis, where you've basically got the taxis are owned by a, a small group of licensees, token holders. Uh, it's not really owned by the drivers. The drivers are just renting these, so. The drivers don't really have the power here. I mean, they might grumble, but they're not the ones that are going to call the shots on what kind of payments that the owner of that taxi or that fleet will will accept. So, um, what what is is happening at that level that is now changing where these people that have these very lucrative uh, because there's so few of them licenses uh, to to to, op to own the the taxis that get operated. Um, what's changing their minds that they're now like, okay, well, I'll, I'll open this up or I'll make the necessary investments in, in the fleet to, uh, to enable uh, new types of payment. I, I think, you know, for, for change to happen within the industry, um, you need to have uh, uh, willing participants um, from both sides. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I think the old adage, right. It takes two to tangle. Mm -hmm. um so i think it, it's both a a a a factor of you know the the drivers right are also the or the taxi operators um looking to be able to embrace new technology um but also the um the you know the the industry and the ecosystem um uh creating more innovative ways to be able to um have consumers uh, to be able to push the demand um, to be able to have uh, the taxi operators uh, move towards e-payment as well. So I think it, it's it's a, it's a it's a mix of both, right? Um, and it takes two to dance. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you're, for the first time, opening your network in 
case the taxi. Explain how that works. And do you see this as a, a, an experiment, perhaps, for other uses in the octopus empire? Or uh, or do you expect this will remain uh, limited just to taxis because of a particular problem? We still we still like to be able to view ourselves as a as a uh, fintech startup. Um, but okay. in terms of, uh, yeah, it, but in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, uh, opening up our network, essentially, um, within the various different taxis, um, Octopus has one of the, the largest, uh, driver network. Um, we have, uh, over 21,000 drivers that are registered, uh, via Octopus. Um, and when we open up our network, essentially what now riders will be able to do is that. Um, you know, when they arrive at their destination, they'll be able to choose to either tap with their octopus card, mm -hmm. um, or they'll be able to choose to be able to, uh, use their QR wallet. Um, today we accept union pay, um, and also Alipay mainland and Alipay Hong Kong, um, to be able to use their QR wallet, to be able to scan the octopus reader, uh, for payment as well. Okay. Um, I think in terms of, you know, when we talk about kind of, um, the 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 philosophy or 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 the 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 kind of the business philosophy of of what we want to be able to head to um you know more industry collaboration um more open loop um you know more um means of of and use cases of how you can engage with octopus is really the direction we're going um just last uh in december um we've also joined in on the um uh, uh the government uh scheme uh scheme a uh, payments payment rail um hong kong government payment rail uh, together with thailand um to be able to allow for people to use octopus um when they're traveling overseas to thailand um you're leveraging the local uh prompt pay rails as well yeah um and and so um essentially as a as a tourist um you know you'll be able to use your octopus wallet you'll be able to use your octopus app um, and pay like a local, um, whilst you are, uh, in Thailand. Okay. Um, and it's been incredibly, it's, we've seen incredibly momentum and incredible usage on that as well. Okay. So I, I got two quick questions before we wrap sure. this up. Uh, one still on the taxi and then one going back to, uh, working with prompt pay in Thailand. So on the tax issue, you talk about opening up, um, and obviously receiving, accepting payment, uh, from say Alipay whether it's mainland version or Hong Kong, uh, through the Octopus network in a taxi. Um, there are also some fintechs that are also trying to become the, you know, the, uh, I guess, the portal uh, to, to enable similar outcomes. Um, would you be open to allowing, say, a fintech to accept Octopus and then you go through their channel in, in a taxi situation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever is the best for, for, for drivers, for, for riders and for people in Hong Kong, absolutely. Completely open. Great. And then last question on this uh, Thailand tie-up, which I think is super fascinating. In ASEAN, uh, and even across from ASEAN to India, they've been leveraging their faster payment systems, their digital infrastructure via QRs, right? These are QR-enabled things so that now most people in, in ASEAN, if they... Uh, they have the ability now to travel um, within that region and use their their phone-based QR system. And essentially they're transacting as if it's directly into their own bank account, right? It's or, mm -hmm. or into their own accounts, whether it's a bank account or some sort of e-wallet. Um, 
but you guys aren't QR based. Um, so what's the difference between what you're doing with prompt pay versus what's going on within the, these QR networks uh, integrating Southeast Asia and and what has to happen for Hong Kong via Octopus or someone else to to really integrate into that theme? Because I think there's a point at which, you know, hmm. Indonesia, Malaysia, they'll say, well, you should do it our way, not not we do it your way. So how, how do you see that playing out? We're more than happy to be able to integrate into the the, the local network, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if the local network uh, within Thailand is QR based, um, you VF prompt pay, right? That, and that and that's what we've actually that's what we've done as well. So via the Octopus wallet, um, you know, I actually traveled to Thailand, um, you know, in uh, earlier this year. And, you know, typically when I travel abroad, I'll, I'll have um, anxiety right in terms of how much cash to be able to exchange if i exchange too much cash then i have to exchange it back if i exchange right. too little cash then i get stuck and and you know this time around when i went i just i had to i only had to exchange a little bit of cash and the remainder um i was able to pay with octopus um riding on the local uh, prompt pay rails yeah that's amazing um and that's the through the mobile version i assume not exactly exactly so so hence you know why the big focus for us to be able to move folks from plastic to phone? Um, because it opens up a whole bunch of other doors, right? Um, whether it's, um, you know, when you're going to Thailand um, to be able to use the local rails via prompt pay, um, or, you know, if you're going to mainland China, um, we also have a, a virtual debit card um, via Union Pay to be able to allow for folks to use the Octopus wallet while they're in mainland China. Um, and most recently, um, actually just this week, we've announced um, that um, we're going to be able to allow for uh, payment interoperability of our Octopus card to be accepted at all 320 cities um, in mainland China uh, in terms of transport. Okay. That's so interoperability, um, the extension of use cases um, be in within Hong Kong and beyond is really the name of the game. Right. So then last thing is... Obviously, there's a a limit on how much I can put on my Octopus card. I think it's three thousand Hong Kong dollars, which is what four hundred US maybe. So, um, uh, if I if I want to go to Thailand, I want to spend a week there. Uh, that's probably not enough. Uh, so, uh, is there a, with with the mobile version? Is there a higher cap? Uh, you know, can I can, can I use that? Um, to, you know, fully, or do I? Or am I going to be limited by the amount I can put on that stored value facility? Yeah. So. Uh... Within the mobile version, uh, we do have a much higher cap. Um, okay. I was looking at the numbers um, just now, actually, and um, you know the the spend um, on prompt pay in Thailand um, ranged anywhere from one dollar to seven thousand right. dollars. Um, so it per per ticket per transaction, right? um, and that included things like wet markets. Um, it also included things like golf courses, uh, even people that go into the orthodontist um, and Michelin star restaurants, right? So um, the mobile version of, of Octopus really does open up doors um, to be able to allow for for uh, more diverse use cases uh, within Hong Kong and abroad. Okay, I think we're gonna have to leave it there. Uh, I'm sure we can keep going, but uh, I wanna respect your time, Tim. Uh, thank you very much for joining me on Digfin Vox, and I look forward to upgrading to the mobile version. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Shane.